Hello, dear listeners, and feel free to join us once again for another look beyond the wind door. No, this segment of our podcast does not yet have music to go with it, because at this point, all you're hearing here is still very informal. Snipped together outtakes from a number of past recordings. I basically stopped adding them to the end of the show, because it was getting in the way of getting a main show out as quickly as possible, and I decided they could be little bonus episodes that could be put out quicker in between main shows. There will be some discussion of other media, most of which will be spoilerless, unless mentioned in the show notes or via editorial insert. You'll even get to hear some cameos from our significant others, the inestimable Maureen Foley and the indescribable Dr. Sarah Skeels. Enjoy! We talked for a, we were talking bollocks for at least a good hour there. Oh, so. we talked major bollocks for a good long while, <laughs> but it was some of the best bollocks we've ever talked. Yeah. It was golden bollocks, absolutely. May I present to you Spotted Dick. Okay, <laughs> go, go ahead. Show me the Spotted Dick. It is, like, I don't know if it's sort of e- e- easy to come out. I don't want to inadvertently pour custard all over my laptop, mm-hmm. but this is, uh, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to hand it back to Sarah so that she can uh, enjoy it. Um, don't, oh, don't, don't, don't uh, say anything. Don't make any joke about me handing my wife a spotted dick. It's fine. <laughs> um, I mean, if I had been quicker on the draw, I would have. Um, but you, you've <laughs> right. taken the joke away from me, so let's just proceed. Yep. Okay, so, like, I'll just ask this question. We won't go too far down this track, but, like, I've only seen the first Die Hard. What if any of the other ones are worth my time? I would say that Die Hard 2 is entertaining, but there's mm-hmm. very little meat on the table. Mm-hmm. If you enjoy seeing William Sadler as a bad guy, Die Hard 2 is basically a lesser version of the original, but sure. it's entertaining, at least. Die Hard 3 opens up a new dynamic. By having John McClane in a new situation, and he plays off very well against both Jeremy Irons as a bad guy and as Samuel L. Jackson as his deuteragonist. Mm. But there's like content going on there that a, a tiny amount of it has dated, in which at one point Bruce Willis calls Samuel L. Jackson a racist. And we know in a modern context that's not what racism is. You're talking mm-hmm. about prejudice. Racism has a structural component to it. Sure. But I would definitely say that three is better than two. Maybe in some ways better than one, but it's also one of those things You where You hush your face. It's also one of those things where three would not exist if it did not build off of one, much as Nia DaCosta's film builds I, off of Clive Barker's film. I can't believe that we've gotten to the point where that was the natural comparison to draw in the conversation <laughs> that Die Hard 3 is the near the Costa Candyman of Di- the Die Hard franchise. Only in the vaguest terms. I'm not going to say that Die Hard 3 is as good as Nia DaCosta's Candyman. <laughs> okay, we're like, we've taken a weird turn. I'm uh-huh. like, what is it with me? I'm the one who's saying let's uh, come back to the <laughs> to the subject matter. I'm doing a Greg. You're a good influence on me, Greg, and I don't like it. <laughs> um, to answer your further question, Die Hard 4 is less entertaining than Die Hard 2. I think it's a little bit more ridiculous, but I don't know. I've only watched it once, so I could do a revisit of it and find some value out of it in terms of just being a very campy action movie. Mm-hmm. Die Hard 5 is utter shit. Don't watch it. Well then, let us return to A Good Day to Steam Heart. <laughs> this is a piece of the follow-up conversation we had after Toby had been fired from the cinema he'd been working for. For those unaware of the details... The TLDR was that he had a snack on duty that he forgot to pay for, and due to a zero-tolerance policy and a cruddy manager, after a drawn-out review process, they sacked him for that. We're all thoroughly pissed off, but as you can hear, he's moved on and is doing fine. In extension to that, I've been receiving news 
info dumps about how Cineworld, the parent company of Picture House, is, uh, at least in America, declaring bankruptcy. And, <laughs> like, I'm... Shut and fried. Mm, fingers crossed that they get to do it, like, over here as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, the owners of this last year took a $20 million bonus for themselves, but, oh, me with my flapjack and popcorn, you know, that's... That's really robbing the company blind, isn't it? That's um, um, that's that's capitalism for you. That's um, capitalism. The last thing was that I basically, through the disciplinary meeting with this external manager, by me saying like, "Look, this is the sort of climate that this was. It was not made clear to me that this was not above board." He basically said, "Okay, so like, I can tell you that whatever the outcome here, we are going to have." a full investigatory meeting of the cinema because it seems like there's a climate of this. So mm-hmm. hopefully on my way out, I struck a match and left it behind me. <laughs> I will say that your email sounded very diplomatic and normally that's the kind of tone that I would set. But mm. being exposed to Maureen, uh, part of me would have been like, well, if this happened to me, then I would have taken that movie clip from Knives Out and pasted a bunch of uh, faces yeah. to actual people and be like, eat shit, eat shit, eat shit. Eat, definitely eat shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, that totally, that totally would have been it. I am contemplating, again, this might be a thing that I do for private jokes, as my Halloween costume for this year. I still have my shirt with the Picture oh, House logo, mm. and just doing that, but having devil horns. Oh, and, boy. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that could be a little fun private thing. I think I've done enough. I have a cup uh, with the picture house thing on it. I was tempted to find a way to like to safely do this, but to hammer the ever loving shit out of it. Oh, you want uh, to pull an office space? Yes, exactly. Yeah. On, on a side note, and I don't want to get too far off topic because I, I now that we're wrapping up, I should head out to my mom's and take care of that. Sure. Um, but, like, what happened with you in mm-hmm. Center World is the thing that I expect from the big conglomerates. It's, mm. you know, I was fired from my position at Rico, having fallen asleep twice on the job, one of mm. which during a mandated lunch break. What is? Oh, yeah, that, that, that's how I lost my job, is that I, uh, I was on a lunch break, I took a quick nap, which I sometimes do. But the first time I actually fell asleep while I was on the clock. The second time I was not on the clock, I had a quick nap because I was exhausted. It was in a public space. Apparently someone with the hospital was not, saw and was not happy with that. They told on me and I was fired. So Fucking ridiculous. Uh, yeah. That's what, that's what I expect from a big company. I do not expect that one week before I'm officially hired by a big company to suddenly get an $8 an hour pay raise. Yeah, that was fucking, like, <laughs> that was well-deserved to you. So, yeah, like, well, well done, sir. I'm taking the money. I'm, I'm you, absolutely you're taking better. the money. Yeah. But I just feel like there is definitely something going on behind the scenes that I am mm. not privy to because I did not advocate for this in any way. So either... Someone was pushing for me to get a raise or they're worried about me not keeping the job because of something else and therefore is giving me a huge pay raise in advance. Yeah. I know that Maureen can probably hear me and she has her own opinions about all of this, but um, regardless of the fact, I don't expect something that amazing to just be handed to me without effort on my part. So that's why I was like, what the fuck's going on here? This is way outside my personal experience. <laughs> well, it's 100% justified. If I was to put a figure to you, you would be paying, like receiving even more than that. But that, that's the other thing is that getting a being paid $28 an hour to run a mailroom just feels like way outside the scope of what someone would be paid for that. We're having a, you know, uh, a cost of living. Well, I mean, it's worse where you are, unfortunately. Oh, Jesus fucking like. Like with everything that with everything being, you know, costing more and just moving into an expensive apartment. I appreciate the money. I just generally expect companies to pay as little 
as they have to to retain an employee i'd already said yes at twenty dollars an hour so it's it's a bit of a shock to be honest and 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 if i got it purely because i had a couple of good meetings with the people that are going to be my bosses that is the that, that is the, that is that is like two natural 20s in a row well i was about to make this comparison is that like what happened wasn't that you initiated like a haggle like persuasion check it was that the dm was rolling checks like that you weren't aware of and one of them was a one and it's just <laughs> like you then offer more money <laughs> <laughs> the consequence of a critical failure i love it yeah <laughs> you uh, know what we use every advantage in the book accept the critical failures mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll let you get off. Uh, pass my love to your mum, uh, to your dad, to Maureen. Uh, doesn't necessarily have to be in that order. I'll let you be the judge of that. But uh, all my love to all of you and including and especially you. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I'm sorry, you're going to let me get off. Am I going to get off with the spotted dick? <laughs> gotcha! Gotcha! Fuck it out. <laughs> I was too busy throwing out spotted dicks left, right, and center that I wasn't aware of the one creeping up behind me. That was a tactical strike, sir. A tactical spotted dick. <laughs> All right. I mentioned this to Alex. I don't think I mentioned this to you. A little while ago, there was this fair that happens every year mm -hmm. in Oxford, like right in the center. It's it's uncanny what they're able to do with the space because it looks like, you know, Oxford is not exactly like the city with the biggest, most open places. Like there's mm -hmm. uh, St. Giles Road is like kind of one of the more open and traditional roads that, in the city. But it's not exactly the sort of place that you think could house like an excessive amount of stuff. And yet, like every year they put a whole bunch of like fairground rides and stuff going on there. And uh, Sarah and I went because it, it happens every year, but we've never been. And wouldn't you know it, there happened to be a little like sort of very well organized and secure thing, a sort of little shooting gallery thing you could do with honest to god authentic winchester rifles Ooh. and greg who do you suppose i saw was on the front of this little setup advertising 19th century sharp shooting a stall who do you think might have been the face of that was it calamity jane it was annie oakley <laughs> i would have gotten it if i would thought about the topic that we've been discussing for the last year. <laughs> yeah. And so you know that I had to uh, have an attempt at it. I don't know if I would be white scarf ready. <laughs> uh, but, you know, with a bit of practice, maybe be able to get my white scarf. I mean, you hit the target. I, yeah. I hit it. And if uh, all else fails, I can use my clementine. The yeah, no, I know. I'm sure that you could hit the target with an enormous club. Side note, we, on a recent trip to the vets, uh, this, is a, this is a very slice of life episode of Through the Wind Door for us, because there's, there's been a lot. We like It's been a while since we've seen uh, Greg. He's had plenty of stuff going on as well, so uh, he can feel free in an edit to, or at any point, to let the folks at home know what's going on. The short answer is that Maureen and I moved to a new apartment in October, it is now the middle of December, and the place still isn't fully furnished or decorated. But we're getting close. Maybe there will even be pictures. We were at a, a vet visit recently, and on the way in we saw there was a hamster that needed a home, and their name was Clementine. We... <laughs> Uh, they looked like a real bruiser. No, um, like they were very sweet. And Sarah and I have often discussed that there will come a point when we just pick up a pet that we had no plans prior to picking up. Uh, it's it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Mm -hmm. and for a while, you know, we live in a flat. We don't have an excessive amount of space. So we have for many years been able to stave it off knowing that like it would not be responsible. And like, 
this is important to convey to anyone listening. Like, do not spontaneously pick up pets if you don't know that you have the proper facilities and everything set up to be able to properly care for them. That is the most irresponsible and important thing. Having said that, if you are at a stage where you actually have like enough knowledge about yourself and everything that's got set up, and you know that you're the sort that has a disposition for it, who boy, that really will happen at some point because uh, recently it's been very difficult to stave that off. So uh, who knows? At some point we may have an extra furry creature in the flat and it won't just be me not shaving. I don't know. I didn't really have a punchline to that. It's just this is the sort of life we lead. And sometimes I like to talk about things beyond New Century. Maureen, I brought home an elephant fish. <laughs> okay. Do you have a fish tank to put it in? We... I'm sorry. I need a fish tank. No, <laughs> that would not be a conversation that the two of us would have. We may actually be getting a, <laughs> a new elephant nose fish uh, soon. We. Basically, we're waiting for the phone call because uh, you, you know that we lost one. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah. This is one of those occasions where we get to literally say, we know a guy. Um, <laughs> Goldfish Bowl. If you're ever in Oxford, I'd heartily recommend the Goldfish Bowl. It's a fish shop. It's in a, Basically, it's a full-on aquarium. And now for another segment of Toby Sings and Talks Other Bollocks While I'm in the Bathroom. This was a triumph. I'm making a note here. Huge success. It's hard to overstate my satisfaction. Aperture science. We do what we must because we can. For the good of all of us, except the ones who are dead. But there's no use crying over every mistake. You just keep on trying till you run out of cake. And the science gets done, and you make a neat gun for the people who are still alive. See, I used that poor performance of Still Alive not just to refute the idea that Persona 5 is the only video game we can take music and songs for during these uh, discussion breaks, but also because it is in keeping with the theme and is the complete opposite in tone and thought to what Jeremy is uh, going through and displaying here. Wait, is this a first in that this is an outtake where I actually did add more to the conversation? I should actually rest because, like, the whole point is that we carry on the good material during the actual main content. How are you all doing at home? You sitting comfortably? How are you, Alex? You having a good time? That's good. Hi, Sharon. Thanks for checking in multiple times. I really do appreciate it. You guys are great. Hope things are going well, Willow. Uh, I haven't had a chance to chat, but, you know, uh, I'm sure that will happen in behind the white scarves for panther souls so you know take care and i'm really looking forward to hearing liar it it should be great crick's still not here uh, i don't know what more should i say if you were wondering which evening we recorded this, this was the evening that you sent me the message alex about uh, playing Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes through methods that were a lot easier than the first time around. And I shall leave it at that. <sighs> I can't wait to see what you've left for me for the edit. <laughs> it's going to be a while because I'm not even done with the last one. So, mm. You know what? That one was some of my better stuff. I will. You know what? I'm going to say that right here. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Mm. Uh, well, you guys listening know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and you've gone again, but can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. It'll probably okay. come back in a second. All right. Um, uh, I just saw Maureen descending behind you and then it cut to black. <laughs> so. I broke it. I broke it. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
Oh, Maureen, you'll be very uh, proud of me. I was u- trying to like sign like Crown Miguel in order to like get some technical assistance, mayhaps. All right. Hold on. I'm going to turn the video off and turn it back on again. Hi. Hi. You're a person. You... Yes, we exist. We are a person. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Both of you. Like... <laughs> oh. I was trying to figure out what was going on because it was like, oh, I can't hear you. Wait, mm. is my... It's, pro- it's probably because the speakers are coming through the, the headset. I was like, no, it's not doing that. Oh, wait, I have to check Skype to make sure it didn't f- flubber my, my settings. And it's it like, yes, we're going to flubber all over those settings. We'll give you the speakers through mm. your microphone. I'm like, that doesn't help. My phone, my microphone doesn't have speakers, mm. and I don't have a headset attached to it. So, so uh, uh, while we're all together, Sarah, get in on this. Uh, <laughs> Hi. Hello. It is two of my favorite people. And is the one that trumps you guys, I'm afraid. How are you both doing? Oh, we just got back from seeing Wakanda forever, so my brain is kind of like (laughs) (laughs) sounds of Wakanda just (laughs) drumming in your head. Are you guys wearing my t-shirts? I'm too lazy to go get my chair. Okay. So I'm just gonna hang out here like a It's okay. Are you guys wearing max and matching t-shirts? No. No, we both have black t-shirts, but I'm wearing my my Captain Marvel t-shirt, which has a starscape on it. So and, and mine's and, just pretty. Yeah, hers is just pretty, pretty. Yeah, yeah pretty yeah. colors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, the colors. <laughs> but it does feel like we could do that. Like, yeah, we, we could get matching t-shirts. That we could. You know what? We're matching nerd type. By the way, that's an air freshener for your car. Oh, okay. I didn't. Oh, okay. I thought Uh, you were just going to say for you. Like, (laughs) that's air freshener for you. It's an Avengers Assemble air freshener for my car. All I I can see now is just Captain America. It smells like like Chris Evans' sweat. Smells like America's ass, baby. It's got the sweet, sweet smell of America's ass. Um, Like, well, I, I mean, to... I wanted to go see it mm. because mm. I want to be in on the discourse because I yeah. want to be able to talk about the it. Discourse the discourse. discourse. The, the Discord discourse, yes, exactly. Yeah. But Maureen actually pointed out that because I asked her, hey, do you want to see this movie? And she's like, yeah, no, I'd like to see it in theaters. So we made, we carved out time to go see it. And then afterwards, she's like, hey, we went on an actual date. <gasps> Oh, I love me. Oh my gosh. Did he treat you well? Or something. Uh, all right, give me all the gossip. How did he do his hair? <laughs> hair? What, what hair to do? He shined his head. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, get, out, get out the head shine wax. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm counting the days. That's why I'm dyeing my hair while I've still got it, because... Mm-hmm. My dad definitely had a receding hairline for most of the time I knew him. And uh, my uh, oldest brother is getting that's affecting him already. So back when I was like a teenager, I had like this like real like what could only be described as like a frizzy afro. When I first met Toby, he had a very... um, let me see if I can Go find ahead. a picture. Okay. Well, you know what? I've got my... Let me see. You probably will have a photo, but I've got the like, out-of-date driving license. So, hold on. Do you want to see what I would look like if I was a criminal? Um, <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, dear. That's like... That's that's uh, that's a very Michael Sarah look you've got going on there. <laughs> Oh, damn it. Why is it always the same fucking cast of people? The, you know who I was uh, told I looked like in school? Fucking Napoleon Dynamite. Oh. And today I refuse to see that movie. Yeah, I don't want to have that suspicion either. confirmed or denied. This is my, me and Toby's first photo together. We can see Toby's like curly hair. Oh, wow. Oh. That is floofy. That was... Oh, look that, at your hair. Damn, yeah, I was, you I was, look glam. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. No, I was about to say, yeah, she just had her hair all the time like that. No, uh, that was when we went to this like vintage yeah, festival. To, 
And yeah, they did. My I was about to say that that she was she was uh, you were giving off some serious Princess Leia vibes. Going <laughs> <on>. <laughs> no, you. No, that no, that was not my normal. That was just a special. That took you like an hour and a half. It took ages. You kept going. <laughs> still having it done. Yeah, <laughs> I just like came back with different outfits that I had bought and assembled, and you were just like. And then still you luckily had some of our other friends with you. So yeah, you we had bored. some good friends. Yeah, yeah. and uh, but yeah, God. they Toby had. Um, I mean, your hair's like still. I'm, it depends on the light. I mean, also you've just dyed it, but like yeah. I think it's gone a bit darker as you've got older. Like, I think so. Yeah, you, it's still it, lighter than mine. I think. Yeah, I like. I mean, for you, like, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, this bit is dyed. That bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I <laughs> also, you Toby. You're 29 now. 28. 28. Okay. Oh, yeah, there's a year and a half in to it. Toby. Considering how your hair is right now, I think you're doing fine. <laughs> I started prematurely balding at 22. So, I mean, I, I had the I gene. Didn't, I didn't know that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Your mom needs to back the fuck up then when she talks about how much hair you had as a kid. Yeah, no, I, I don't know it for certain. Well, it's com it comes from the mom's side. It does come from the mom's side, but specifically... Is that right? Before, yeah. before going... To college for the first time when I was 19, mm. uh, I got the hepatitis B vaccine, mm. and I think they told me at the time that that can um, potentially cause premature balding. Oh God! So yeah, <laughs> I already had the gene that might have contributed to me mm. losing my luxurious mane of hair. Earlier. And then you got. And then you got bit by a radioactive spider, and you know you're still waiting on them spectacular powers. You know. Um, oh Look, I already have enough problems. I don't need webbing coming out of my butt. But <laughs> <laughs> though you're gonna say something else, that I was just. That like, could be useful, though. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, fair enough. One of my friends. Well, I have a lot of trans friends, but one of my friends had. Um, he was talking about having top surgery, and he said something about people call them zipper tits. <laughs> which is insulting but he said you know i kind of want to like respond with like yeah well it has pockets and then like unzip and you and like put your hands and i'm like do you know how useful that would be <laughs> if my body came with pockets yeah. <laughs> Tammy gets insanely frustrated with women's clothes and the lack of pockets fake zips right? and fake pockets make no sense why do you put it on there to put the appearance of being practical that's more insulting than if you had nothing own it I read a thing that a, a woman said her kid her son's like her baby had jeans with actual pockets she's like what is he carrying the keys to the patriarchy <laughs> what the fuck? why why are the pockets on my baby's <laughs> like ah now, like, no. how does the the boy have more like utilitarian access space than a grown woman <laughs> See now, now you know why that vest was so important in Black Widow. I'm saying that's true. That is true. <laughs> she she loves fuck. They're not fashionable. They're fucking practical. Any pockets? Fuck off. <laughs> but I will have to say that zipper tits sounds like a good Hellraiser character. <laughs> or a band. <laughs> yeah. Also a band. Yeah. Yeah. But I was I was to my friend. I'm like. Can I, can I just, can I borrow that? Because I would really like, i really like to have that feature <laughs> added in. And he was like, I, that's not, I, all right. What's, what's <laughs> so, that, like, add, uh, so that upgrade inside the phone? If I ever get hit on, which I won't, but if I ever got hit on by some creepy dude, be like, hey, I like your body. Thanks, it has pockets. <laughs> <laughs> awesome and nightmare inducing. And I was like, yes. And that their response will tell you everything because like they will like there'll be the people who are put off by that, but then there'll be the people who say, Go on. <laughs> no, all of a sudden real someone's like, hey, nice tits. And I'm like, thank you. They're where I keep the bees. <laughs> <laughs> I like it better. Yes. What is it? Are your breasts natural? No, they're supernatural. They're haunted. <laughs> They're so big because of the ghosts. <laughs> oh God. All I can think of is that one comic panel, which I never know what it is, but like, okay, so this is something that you'll find. 
like will break your head is that there is a out of context comic panel that always gets shared around which is just a SWAT team member jumping through a window while there's this girl in bed and the person says like we need to get you out of here your vagina is haunted uh-huh. <laughs> oh god yeah okay there there is a story behind that it's okay. <laughs> of course is. he's okay. not actually a SWAT team member he is, he is the worst um, superhero in history. His name is the Skeleton Man. <laughs> and he exists in this comic series called Black Tarot, um, okay. which is done by Jim Ballant. He of the he, he was the guy that basically invented uh um, US Agent? No, he didn't invent US Agent. No. That's no. the dumbest name. <laughs> he was the one that started drawing um Catwoman in that purple outfit that looks like it has boob socks because oh, yeah. the breasts fit perfectly into the outline of her outfit. <laughs> Which, you know, when you're trying to blend into the night and be a thief, the best thing you need is just neon circles just like yeah. drawing attention. Flailing about. <laughs> anyway, I'm not going to try and get into the details of the story because the details of the story are ridiculous. But yes, there are nurse ghosts going around and killing people and they're like they're come I, I i'm not even i, I can't even explain it yes but yes the thing that you joined in this conversation your is haunted and all i can think of is like how does one escape from their own haunted vagina? How would you get out of here? With effort. Zippertits is here. <laughs> <laughs> no, U.S. agent. <laughs> Fuck off with that name. No, no, no. Clearly, if we're dealing with a supernatural thing, the person you need to call is Mad Bat. <laughs> oh, that's Oh, goodness. So I'm, um, I'm, I'm like upset by that name. Still, <laughs> he told me about it early on when we were dating, and I was like, I can't. I <laughs> no, whoever um, came up with that name needs to be beaten. <laughs> I'm upset. Uh, well, <laughs> I can't. It's upsetting. I don't. It, like it, it certainly doesn't have the dark gravitas of some of uh, Batman's other villains, such as Condiment King. <laughs> Please tell me that's a. Is that a real thing? It, it is a like probably it, it, it's it's from uh, probably it's, worth a Google. Yes, it, it's from a different time of Batman before he was taken more seriously. Clearly, but oh, yes, I love is it. an actual he is an actual villain. Is and, it easy for Batman to catch up to him? Yes, yeah, that's true. There, there is definitely condiment puns involved in the Condiment King. <laughs> if you want to catch me, you'll have to catch up. I'm offended. <laughs> I relish our next combat. Like Maureen's like, no, it's so it's like. <laughs> I, every time I see him, I always want them to do more with him. Yeah, let's let's have like a ten issue like <laughs> mini series of like Condiment King rise to power. <laughs> do you know about Snowflame, the per- the super, super villain that gets his powers from cocaine? Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, we have some Linkara clips to show you. <laughs> Snowflame! <laughs> yes, this is a supervillain who has, like, snow-white hair. And as the, as the heroes are coming, his solution is to get handfuls of cocaine from his pockets and just go... <laughs> and get superpowers from it. Which is a Toy great message for kids. Well, that was it. It's just like, you know, know, write what you know. And they just looked at the writing room and thought, yeah, this is what the kids need. I'm concerned. Well, he is a villain. He's not a superhero, so it's very little. Okay, that's a that, okay. That's something at least. <laughs> no, I, I don't think that I shall 
uh, adapt the uh, practices and theories of Snowflame into my academic theory. Yeah, no, thank yeah. you. <laughs> you. You know that he was actually brought back into the comics recently? Of course he was. He, like, was, he, he was Selena Kyle's driver for a while. That's Why would you let him get behind a wheel? I don't know. Was it a self-driving car? I mean, please, for the love of God. He just has a... that, was it the Google car? I don't know. <laughs> I just had this picture of like Selena like using all her funds to have a self-driving car and like Snowflame is just hanging out and he <laughs> believes he's the driver, but you just see that he's holding like a wee steering wheel in his hand. Yep, yep. Like the little brother with the with a with an unconnected controller. Yes. There is a dog called Fido. Oh god, I know about Fido, yes. <laughs> Don't tell me what the evolution is because I'm like excited, yeah. but I, I love him. He's yeah. on my team. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, with it, so Maureen, if you're uninitiated, Fido is a dog that is made out of baking dough. <laughs> yes, and he has yeast breath, and I'm not letting him ne anywhere near Maureen. <laughs> but Thanks he's so that. sweet. <laughs> the. Like the the thing is though, you have to make sure you catch them in the wild because if you buy them or get them through trading, then there's a lot of inbred. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh oh oh! God damn it! I just got that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take credit for that one much though. I want to. I I Greg, I was also when Timmy was telling me this, I was like, it's just like a tip, and then and then he was like. Right, I was like, ah. Uh. <laughs> I I wooed you with egg puns. You knew exactly where this relationship was heading. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Sarah, like, because I can probably hear without headphones, uh, whenever Greg goes away, I tend to speak into the microphone so that he has a surprise when he gets back. And usually I'll do, like, just random stuff that'll be a surprise, like, Kevin Bacon, Kevin Bacon. I know Kevin Bacon. Well, actually, I don't. That's a story for another time. Anyway. You need to tell what it looks like. Yeah. Yes, that is the that was the point of it. But yes, so if you have anything, what do you want to say into the microphone? Apple, apple, apple. Fantastic. <laughs> That's going in the final cut. Wonderful. That is uh, the recorded thoughts of Dr. Sarah Skeels. Very good. Honk. I, I genuinely am a clown that needs an audience. Oh, I, you need a coffee. I do. Thank you. I hope you're enjoying this, uh, listener at home. I'm all alone now. The others have left. <gasps> My wife is back. Triangle. Oh, uh, uh, like Sarah's commenting on the fact that I have a triangle of like what she describes as a triangle of hair that is like, I don't know, like a little ponytail type sort of strand of hair that uh, is at the back of my head. And however I get my hair cut, it always remains. I'm fairly certain it's the source of my power. And even if it's cut, it will grow back. But uh, I dread the day when it will no longer be there because I think something will have been lost that cannot be recovered. We call our flat the bread bin. Did I ever share that on this uh, podcast? It uh, it goes back to the fact that we have, uh, well, Sarah's guinea pigs at the time that I met her. Uh, lovely little boys by the name of Sooty and Sweep. I got to the pleasure of meeting them, uh, one through Skype and the other in person. But uh, they had like little their front door looked like a piece of bread yes their front door looked like a piece of bread so we often referred to their cage as the bread bin and when we started to live together i was like oh we'll live in our own little bread bin anyway greg's back everybody be cool be cool i want to be clear that because i turned the uh, speakers on so that maureen could hear i knew I could you could hear, hear you plotting with sarah to do something here, so you you you're not as slick as you think you are. I I am exactly as slick as I know I am, which <laughs> is gravel. I am gravel slick. 
Oh, thank you. That was a very instant coffee. Ah, it's hot. Why did I pick up a hot cup of coffee? <laughs> That's why you got to be careful. Like, uh, it, I think it depends on what kind of glass you put it in. But it's like it's literally why the handle is there, because the heat will transfer to the cup, but won't transfer to the handle. So you got to use the handle. This is an interesting uh, point you are raising, Greg, that I did not know. And yet I can't be snippy about it. I grabbed the fucking mug by, like, with my fingers, not by the handle. Yeah. I did not have a handle on the situation. <laughs> oh, I've missed you, Toby. I really I've missed have. you, Greg. <laughs> we watched The Princess together. Oh, yes. And and then as a result, it'd be like, okay, so that was a brilliant movie. Now mm. now I'm going to get you to watch Prey, because it has mm-hmm. some of that same... Mm-hmm. How was it that out recently? Bill. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, not, no, didn't do it the same day, but like mm-hmm. a couple nights later, mm-hmm. I got her to watch Prey. It's just like, it's it's like how Alex is putting it. It's, it's part of the good for her genre, just yes. in terms of uh, female protagonist kicking all of the ass. Ready or Not is another one I would put in that uh, category. See, I wasn't originally going to watch that because it was clearly in the horror milieu, but since I'm trying to watch more mm-hmm. horror stuff, um, I definitely have that on my list. I was but wondering no. if you had seen it or not. It's definitely in that because like, uh, it's like it's very much like with her, and mm-hmm. it's very much that like concept. And whatever your thoughts are, are as you're watching it with like in regards to how the characters are acting especially the characters that aren't her the film agrees with you and i shan't Mm -hmm. say more than that because it's like important that you see how it unfolds but Mm -hmm. when i say all the other characters besides her whatever you're thinking the film agrees with you and Mm -hmm. i'll leave it at that but it's great watch and I think it will help because it is somewhat mitigated by the fact that it is definitely a comedy as well mm-hmm. as a horror. Okay. But like it that one that one's good. That mm-hmm. I let me know when you've seen that because uh if you're doing this season of good for her films, mm-hmm. ready or not was the one that came to mind. See, here's the thing is that unexpectedly um what ended up being sort of the trifecta of movies with female protagonists that just made me sort of like want to punch the air. So we start with the princess. Captain Marvel in the middle. Technically follows that. Captain Marvel is technically, but, but, and I think that um, we actually did watch that together. That Mm. was like one of the first movies you watched together back when she was first visiting. But no, the one that we ended up seeing and did not expect, I mean, I expected I was going to like it. I did not realize I was going to love it as much as I did. Yeah. Is it is Enola Holmes, too. Ah. Um, that, that like, I, I like the original one. I like Millie Bobby Brown. I did not expect Enola Holmes, too, to slap nearly as much as it did. And um, it actually made me end up liking Henry Cavill's version of Sherlock Holmes. Like I think he was fine, a little little bit of a wet blanket in the first one, but I really like what they did with his character, and I like the way things evolve with like all the characters that were introduced in that first movie and how it used them to further not just Enola's story, but like the story of all of these other supporting characters as well, Sherlock included. Editor's note, the following conversation all took place before the recent development that Henry Cavill will not be returning to the role of Superman after all. I feel like Henry Cavill is this actor who exists on a scale of, like, wet blankets to, like, oh, yeah, 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 no, you're good, you're good. Like, you're not, like, I don't know if there's anyone who, like, Henry Cavill is, like, oh, my God. God, Henry Cavill, like mm-hmm. uh, you know that level of dedication to it. But I do think that when he actually has the combination of enthusiasm for the work and a director who will allow him to sort of or make best use of him, mm-hmm. then I think that's good. It's, and that gives me hope for the fact that for as many false starts as he's had as 
Superman mm. in the various films. The fact that he's kind of enthusiastic about coming back, you know, and that can always be like just public statement and everything like that. But it gives me hope that he cares enough that it's like, I just, I want to get this right because, you mm. know, like Hugh Jackman, love him and love his appearances as Logan before Logan. But like, it really did kind of take until Logan for us to have a great Wolverine film mm. that didn't have any like little qualifiers attached. Yeah, exactly. To it. So it could, we could get that with uh, Cavill. Like, it could be something where it's like, if you try to make the chronology of this make sense, I'm sorry, it won't, it can't. But at the very least, we can take all the embedded weight and meaning of seeing this guy playing this character for the umpteenth time and we finally got our shit together just making that a special instance. So I I think that we have a Logan in Henry Cavill's Superman. I don't think it needs to be that tone at all. I really don't think so. I just mean it has the capacity to be something that unlocks, that feels like it was always there if we just got the right combination of pieces. I'm willing to give... Henry Cavill's Superman another try. I would have been far more interesting if they had dared to do something more groundbreaking with it, like actually give the part to Michael B. Jordan. Oh, like, yeah. Like, like they were talking about at one point. That's definitely not going to happen under fucking David Zaslav's version of Warner Brothers. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, but the thing is, is that between what he did in Mission Impossible 6... And the success that he was apparently having around Geralt in The Witcher show. Toss a coin to your Witcher, oh yeah. valley of plenty, oh. I was just, I thought that he was going to find a, a space for himself that would allow him to get beyond the shadow of the failed Superman experiment. Mm. Um, which is why I was like, oh, so you're leaving The Witcher the show that you kind of made your own in order to come back to Superman, I, that feels like it takes a step back. Yeah. But, but I don't know. I, 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 I'll, I'll be intrigued to see what happens mm-hmm. and if he can salvage that poor start that happened with Zack Snyder's vision. But mm-hmm. and, and by the way, like uh, Zack Snyder is hearing you ask for a groundbreaking version of Superman. It's like, what more do you want, Greg? <laughs> You saw that finale to Man of Steel. Yeah. Ground broke, the sky, the buildings broke, the sky broke. No! Oh, and that guy's neck broke. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Zack Snyder. You are just not my cup of tea. Um, yeah. He is a self-cleaning hamster. We we actually have to do... Considering like everything, he is remarkably tidy and... Uh, Whenever we do clean his cage, he never likes it. Take that quote from Doctor Who of like any time it would be a crossover and they would see like a different Doctor's TARDIS, it would just be like, "Oh, you've redecorated." <laughs> Don't like it. Uh, that's that's what Apple does whenever we uh, give him. He has potty trained himself, uh, which was uh, remarkable. Anyway, this is a this is a an alarming series of non sequiturs, but. Uh, if the byproduct of this is that our listeners get uh, the itch to get hamsters all of their own and we develop a sort of hamster fan club. Yeah, okay, so Sarah says that will be what gets her on Discord. So, you know, <laughs> oh, like wow. you heard it here first, everyone. That's our stretch goal of the venture anyway. Uh, oh, right. So, so, so you're saying that, 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 that in some future element of Through the Window, I'm going to have to record a new intro where we talk about Apple. It's just going to be called, now stop, Hemi time. Yes, yes, I do think we should have that as a segment. <laughs> uh, Greg has just suggested that we, uh, at, in some future variant of the podcast, we start up with a discussion of Apple and hamsters, and yeah. it's called, now stop, hamster time. Uh-huh. I love it. Yeah, well, Sarah loves it, so, you know, one guaranteed <laughs> listener. Okay. I won't say that Multiverse of Madness let me down, necessarily. I did not go into that thinking that I would be as disappointed with that 
as I was. And then after the way I was pinning way too many of my hopes on Love and Thunder, and that did, it almost pissed me off more than Multiverse of Madness because I mm -hmm. wanted so much for a story with Jane Foster Thor to be as amazing as it was in the comics, and it did not deliver mm -hmm. on that front for me. And, and also, like, Th uh, Love and Thunder, like, uh, Ragnarok was kind of like, it was our MCU movie, mm -hmm. you know? It was the one that, like, had so much sort of, like, let's actually scrutinize imperialism and colonization. Let's yeah. have a lot of fun, but like go darker and let's actually tear down the foundations. Let's advance, let's change, let's interrogate and let's make it buy as all hell. Yeah. Like, as much as like the scraps that like Disney will permit, but in spite of those restrictions, you felt it leaping off and seeing like, the follow-up to that and thinking like, oh, this is just going to be unrestrained. That one feels like it like has more to be let down because it has mm -hmm. a higher height than yeah. Doctor Strange, which, you know, I, I really love the first Doctor Strange movie yeah. and like there's a lot of stuff to it. So that still could have been something great. But Love and Thunder was kind of like that little corner, that sparkling corner of the MCU that just felt like, from what I'm hearing, it fizzled. Yeah, I mean, I, I get, there, there are some people that enjoyed it. I think that Bob Chipman enjoyed it for what it was, but I, I was putting it to some level up to an impossible standard because of the Jane Foster store stuff, but also because I was hoping it was going to build on some of the promise of Ragnarok, mm -hmm. and instead it felt like Thor... American Pie edition. Not necessarily the overt sexuality of American Pie, but like the humor of that kind of comedy back during that time. Oh, it, yeah. Greg, exactly. I have never felt more like. Ew. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'll see the film, like, because I'm quite confident I'll see all of them eventually, but like. Ew. Yeah. Oh, no. Let, let me put it this way. One of the things that I actually enjoyed in the film that I have not enjoyed in any other time that he showed up in the MCU, I enjoyed Chris Pratt. Oh, Mario himself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like the fact that it seems like Star-Lord has actually undergone some character development in between everything that happened in Infinity War and Endgame and now this new movie. And it actually makes me intrigued to see what James Gunn is going to be doing with him for the um, the holiday special and for Guardians 3. Editor's note, the holiday special is good. Not groundbreaking, but kind of exactly what one would have expected from a holiday special. When's Guardians 3 cited for? Um, I think it's slated for 2023. I haven't double-checked for that. Yeah, I, I think I'll probably try to be caught up by then, because I think that James Gunn and the Guardians, like, that matters to mm -hmm. me quite a lot. Yeah. And that, that was, like, the first one especially was, like, one of our favorite films, like, mm -hmm. in, early on, like, second year of us mm -hmm. going out. Or was it within the first year of us going out? Because we started in 2013. Mm-hmm. Probably was shit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, very special film, and the second one is one of the films that it, few films where just thinking of particular moments gets me to cry, mm -hmm. and it's not. Uh, no, I can't. I can't. You may not have been able to see it because it's it was p coming out on HBO Max, and I Peacemaker? know that Peacemaker. Yeah, I haven't. How is that? It's my favorite. James Gunn property. I totally want to check it out because uh, I mean I haven't seen the the Suicide Squad or anything yeah. like that. But um... there were parts of the Suicide Squad that I did enjoy. There were other parts of it that I felt frustrated with. Mm -hmm. But Peacemaker is kind of an amazing jumping off point. I did not expect to like it as much as I did. It is far more serious and adult than any any of his Marvel stuff could be. Mm. And you could it could be too edgy as a result. But I kind of like what he did with it, 
even if it is a a, a darker superhero property. But it's not it's not a Zack Snyder darkness. It's it's kind of more of a black comedy, mm. sort of in the way that the Suicide Squad was, but it also did things that even the Suicide Squad wouldn't have done. I think mm. I think it gave him room to do some stuff that actually spoke to the heart of like, and maybe it has something to do with the fact that it was a TV show and not a movie, you know, the audience that he was playing to, but it was brave in some of the choices mm-hmm. that it made. So that's another thing that I'll be interested in hearing your take on uh, when you eventually get yeah. it. Uh, James Gunn with breathing space is my favorite like mode of his because that was what Guardians 2 is really it's the characters all having room to breathe and look inwards and i think that him having a tv show works because there will actually be a whole lot less scrutiny on the individual episodes which means that he can kind of make it be whatever it needs to be and Mm -hmm. you could imagine james gunn sort of indulging in some of his like edgier habits Stuff that he got out from his trauma days, yeah. Yeah, and, like, stuff that, like, you know, would do gangbusters for the shock TV sort of crowd. Mm. But I think that it's also, just as it could feed his sort of less commendable habits, I think it also could really breathe life into some of his best writing. And Mm -hmm. the sounds of it has... I, I do apologize. You were about to say with uh, Wakanda Forever that, like, having felt very disappointed with uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. Having I, felt very disappointed with most of the MCU movies that came out this year, Wakanda Forever, first of all, needed to be a worthy successor to the original, and I think it is. Mm. It needed to be able to address the gaping hole of Chadwick Boseman, and it did. Mm. And it managed to keep those two things separate. Mm. It managed to be able to say goodbye to Chadwick and to deal with the grief of the loss of that actor and that character and still have a really solid movie centered around Wakanda and its amazing cast of characters in mm. addition to all of that. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not ashamed to say that I cried. Of course. Multiple times. And... I will obviously need to hear more from other people in terms of what they thought about it, how certain parts worked or didn't. One of the things that's going around on the Discord is uh, that, as always, Winston Duke is in Baku, owns every scene that he's in, and they Mm want to have now a M'Baku and Wong team-up movie. Yes! Oh, neither (laughs) one, like, neither one will let go of the scene that they are in. Yeah. (laughs) But and then um, they kiss. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was very happy. It felt like I could finally breathe out again because it's not like I didn't. I liked a lot of the MCU TV that was coming out, even as I didn't necessarily like the MCU movies that were coming out. Mm. But if I had been disappointed with Wakanda Forever, and I don't know why I would have been, because Ryan Coogler is very clearly a master of his craft and he's pulling together great actors and great set designers and great writers to put this stuff out because I think on top of everything else, not just the Wakanda stuff, but also the Namor and not Atlanteans, all of that story gets well told as well. I think that the actor that played Namor did an amazing job and I'm I'm very interested. Was he a sexy see... fish fucker? Oh, he was a sexy fish fucker. Mm-hmm. He was marvelous, and mm-hmm. I, I I'm sorry, I won't say any more than that. I don't want to spoil it for you, but I, I think you're really going to enjoy it when you and yeah. Sarah go and see it. I'm very looking forward to it. <sighs> this is this has been one of our richest pre main show conversations that we've ever had on air. I've loved it. I um, mean, you got to hear the the side episode that I got to put out of just I love that. 45 <laughs> minutes of a just being bullshit 
over the course of like the stuff that I cut out of several recordings beforehand. We even got some Sarah in there. It was great. So yeah, no, we've we've just recorded the sequel already. <laughs> Well, there's another Ridiculous Outtakes episode for you. Next time I use this episode title, maybe we'll have some actual serious movie analysis. Until next time. Do you really want to taste it? Do you really-